welcome to Audiobiography, the podcast, where we talk about the music that changed our lives and yours. Uh, as always these days, good buddy Clint's with me. Clint, what's up? Hey, Rich. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. How is it up in Ohio? You know, uh, somehow the the very harsh summer, the very harsh sun has decided to dial back just a tad. It was hot today. They're kind yeah. of less humid, and looks like you know we got some cooler temperatures on the way uh, into the weekend. So, not to make this sound like a you know a weather podcast, but hey, I'm yeah, happy we're, about that. Late July and cooler temperatures. Yeah, we're a couple old dudes. Old dudes talk about the weather. No, it's I been sip my tea and talk about the weather, Rich. <laughs> yeah, it's been brutal here too. Like 95 most days, but it has been a little better this past week. Uh, there was one night, I think it was, um, it was over the weekend. Uh, me and Sherry and a couple of neighbors socially distanced on the deck, and uh, we've got in our gazebo, we've got an overhead fan now, and then we've also got a fan that blows across. And it actually, it, people started to get cold. Oh my God. Because it was like 69 outside. I, I mean, I was fine. I was enjoying it, but we had to cut yeah. the fans off and all that kind of stuff. But yes, I hear you. I'd say that anybody is, that's listening has had to deal with uh, my my friend down the street. She said that uh, the best way to describe the weather right now is get in the shower, take a hot shower, and when you get out, just put your clothes on without drying off. And that's what it's like outside. <laughs> and it's true. It's yeah, true. That's about right. Why yeah, so, why so, so um, thinking, uh, you know, you talk all this. The last time I visited you, man, uh, you didn't have hardly any of this outdoor seating area business. Right. And you right. just went whole just makeover uh, on your outdoor section of your house. So I'm oh, excited yeah. to whenever I get to see it. Heck yeah, man. Well, I mean, you, you can't go anywhere right now because of COVID and. You know, you're kind of stuck home, and so we spent all of our fun summer money on that, and it's it's been awesome. But enough about all that. So we got this episode that we're doing right now, and, and it's it's kind of a... I'm borrowing from Eric and Craig over at Pods and Sods. Occasionally they do what they call a State of the Union type um, type episode, and that's what this one's sort of going to be. I mean, we're, we're going to just free will a little bit and um, just sort of... Uh, kind of talk about where we are as far as podcast and podcasting goes we're going to um i challenged you to come up with like some topics or questions that we can just uh, both kind of bounce back and forth with and that should be fun but as far as like uh, just you know state of the union kind of stuff where i want to start with that is um uh, podcasting is really really weird right now in the age of covid and nationwide protests and um a lot of us and and i say this because i've been involved over on pods and sods um on some weekly sunday live video zooms and um yeah most of my friends out there in the podcasting world that you know i've run across and met the last you know few years they're all just kind of having a hard time even recording and is it proper to um i don't know in an age where we should 
obviously be very conscious about what's going on. You know, do we, do we keep doing our, our fun stuff, our hobby stuff? I, I think we should. Yeah. Um, but I will admit that it's, it's hard. It's harder. Um, because we have so many things on our minds right now. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, every day it's a barrage, right? Just, just constant, um, upheaval and, um, you know, just anxiety driven, uh, you know, crap really. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if this is, you know, what's on your mind when, when you think about this, uh, situation that we're in, but to me, this is, um, a really good time to try to do podcasts. If anything, to try to get back to some sense of normalcy. I think that's yeah. all of us are trying to seek that out and it's extremely difficult to get your, get your arms around right now. Right. Um, yeah. Because it's nothing... affected, um, it's affected my motivation on a lot of things more than anything. Like I can't be unmotivated at work. I can't, I have, right. I have to yeah, work have to make my money, have to, um, you know, support the family and, 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 you know, do all those adult things. And, uh, you know, it's for whatever reason, it's not hard for me to make myself be motivated there, but it's like when that's over and I'm back to, you know, outside of work world, all these other things just like, just kind of take over. But anyway, I say all that to say, Yesterday, I decided that, um, and this podcast is, you know, generally a music podcast. We talk about other things, obviously, but um, I decided that, you know, music is what makes me feel better more than anything outside the people I love and care about. I can't mm -hmm. think of anything else that, that makes me feel just better. And so, you know, yesterday I... Um, um, was playing, playing records. And I, I don't usually post that stuff on Facebook. I know a lot of people like to, and I, I do it on and off. Um, I, I guess sometimes I'm afraid people are annoyed by it, but I noticed that when I was kind of posting about what I was listening to as I'd go through each record and I had more interaction and more comments on Facebook than I've had in uh, ages. So everybody is you're right. Everybody out there, they're starving for things that aren't COVID-19 or, you know, uh, agent orange and all of his goons. And we, we all, we, we all are looking for something to get away from that. And music is, that's easy, right? That's, that's yeah. an easy way out to leave it behind and, and, and just, um, get out of your head, you know, I get into my own head anyway, but the last few months just, I'm constantly, I'm just like, I've like, I have made, a uh, I've pitched a tent inside my head and I just stay there. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's a good mental image. And so I'm trying to get out of my head some. And so music mm. does that. And so, you know, so, I don't know as, as far as state of the union, as, to, as far as where the podcast is, you know, we've, we've, we've been working on these Beatles albums. We have a episode yet to come out. Um, 
I've, again, part of that's been motivation, but I have been working on that, trying to get it ready to release. And it's, uh, it's weird. It was the way we framed it. It's kind of halftime of our Beatles thing because we, we went magical mystery tour, which isn't really, it's canon now, but for years it wasn't canon. Right. You know, it was kind of, it, it was a, a one-off. It was an EP and then an LP when Capital got a hold of it and it had new songs and then it had singles and things that were already released. And so we called that our halftime and, you know, apologies, we're kind of still in halftime and that's just goes back to my motivation and, and where we've been. But I'll say this, um, even though it's been sporadic, I feel like, uh, we have, we have, uh, in our very amateur way have really done justice to the albums we've talked about so far. Uh, I feel like we've given some information out there to people who aren't as big a Beatles fans as we are that they didn't know before. And, um, you know, it's made us dig deeper and learn more. And I know there are plenty of Beatles podcasts out there and Beatles fans that know way more than us. And they, they can name dates and times and, and I can do some of that, but, but not much, but, um, I don't know. What do you think? How do you feel we've done so far? Cause that's really where you came on board is when we started this Beatles thing. Where do you, do you, do you think we're in the right direction? I do. Uh, and one thing I'll say, uh, while we not may not be the greatest Beatles historians, we, we know some information and we're able to shed some light and add some color. Uh, what, what you and I have been about, what you've been about when you started the podcast and certainly when, when you brought me on board to do these Beatles albums is that we're, what we're about is telling the story about what it means to us, how it shaped us. Why is it important to us? And then if we can offer any of the knowledge that we've gained by books and magazine articles and internet articles, what have you. I mean, that just adds to the depth of it even more, but right. Um, I have, uh, I'm always excited to talk about the Beatles and I'm all, I'm, I'm always excited to talk about music, frankly, but the Beatles is, you know, like you, it holds a special place in my heart and I can just freely talk about it to anyone, anywhere. Um, so right. to answer your question, I, I think, I love what we've done with them so far. And, you know, the, the ones we have left to do and the plans we have talked about yet to come that I don't want to right. you know, ruin the surprise. I am so damn excited for. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, yeah. And um, I'm very, uh, you know, the biggest thing that I'm proud of about this podcast is has absolutely nothing to do with me it has to do with the fact that you know i have one of my best friends on here as co-host now i've had my kids on here um and all the stories that have been told i'm super proud if if nobody ever listens to this podcast um we're leaving something to our kids that you know, I, I, I don't plan on kicking the bucket tomorrow. I hope not. But, uh, you know, one day I'm going to be gone. And if nothing else, my kids will have these things to go back and, 
you know, listen to and remember and remember the time that not just remember the time that they were on the podcast talking about music with dad, but can actually go back and listen to it. And, uh, that's, that's the whole reason I, I wanted to do mostly stories. Um, right. Stories are my favorite thing when I'm hanging out with my friends, you know, this we've known each other now for about, about 20 years. Yeah. And, um, along the way we have had the same group of friends and sometimes an offshoot here where me and you have these friends and nobody else really did. And then, Mm -hmm. and then there's this other group and then we've had our main group, but every time we all get back together, what do we do? We sit and tell our old stories. I mean, and, and, and there's yeah. a reason that people do that. And it, it's, it's, uh, it seems cliche and it seems, you know, it, it, it seems like, uh, this, this thing that, um, you know, sometimes you wonder if you're telling the same story too often or, you know, should I retire this? But no, <laughs> no, no. I mean, stories are great. And that's, that's the number one thing I'm the most proud right now. Um, you know, this, I started this podcast now, it's been over a year, about a year and a half ago. And, um, I, there's not a ton of episodes out there. There's, there's more than some podcasts that I listen to. Sometimes they only, they only every three months or so have, have an episode. We've averaged about one a month and, and it's coming fits and spurts, right? It's just like, mm-hmm. they'll all of a sudden be a bunch and then a couple of months, there's nothing. Um, but it's consistent in what it is. And I thought it was a good time to reflect and talk about we're about 20 episodes in that's a pretty good time to kind of reflect, see where we are, see, um, see what's working, what's maybe not working. I don't really think there's been anything that hasn't worked yet. We will probably get there at some point. We'll do something that I'll go back and while I'm editing, I'll be like, God, this is terrible, but I'm going to put it out anyway. We've not really had that happen. Well, the only thing that we have had happen is that we figured out that the audio is so much better on Zoom. And so the couple episodes where I'm calling in through Skype, I'm right. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. And and that's just that and that's you know, that's been part of the challenge is figuring out the best way for us to do this remotely because number one you know, you're hundreds of miles away, but number two, you can't even come visit Mm. and sit in the room with me. Like we've done on a couple of episodes before when you've been in town. Right. So that's, yeah, that's been a challenge, but yeah, I think we've, we've made our way through that. Um, so anyway, um, like I, I guess, you know, I'll I'll let you kind of take over from here and, and we'll, um, we'll just start bouncing things around. We're just going to have fun. Uh, we're just, it's, it's, there's no format here. Um, there's probably will not be a lot of editing on this episode cause there's not going to be a lot of point other than, you know, if somebody's got to use the bathroom or something, but <laughs> which is usually you'll me. At least, you'll at least pause it for that point. Right. Probably. But, um, anyway, so like, I guess like what's something, you know, something music that's going on recently with you that, that has stories attached. Like that's a good place to start. I think. Yeah. So I'm going to start with this because I I started talking to you about it before we started recording. And I just think it's a cool story. 
mainly because of what we've been talking about recently, uh, uh, the Beatles, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I live in Worthington, Ohio, outside, uh, it's a north, it's the, if you look at Columbus, Worthington is north central. It's inside the loop, the 270 loop, okay? Uh, so we're not very far, like 20 minutes from downtown Columbus. Uh, that's about how long it takes Lisa to get to campus. Uh, my, my, my wife is pursuing a master's and soon to be a PhD in human nutrition at Ohio state. So that's when I refer to campus, if you couldn't figure out which university I was talking about in Columbus, well, there you go. The Ohio state university. Yeah, well, that's what it says on the sign, Rich. I mean, I'm sorry. It says, anywho, um, I have to tell you the the neighborhood that we moved into is just, I feel like it's a magical place. And, and it's like, what do you mean by magical? I mean, you know, I feel like so many people in the neighborhood, the majority of the people are kind of in the same place uh, in life or, or have been through like a similar journey or a, and, and maybe a lot of them are from Ohio or from Columbus already and they moved to Worthington or they grew up here. Um, but and when I say that, it just means I could be easily relatable. And all of my neighbors have been so friendly and gracious to us. And I, I never experienced that growing up in Tennessee, to be quite honest with you. Now, Tennessee, you know, the South is, you know, known for friendly folks. And I, I'm not saying that's not true, but, you know, I'm it's a just, different friend. It's a different friendly. It's a keep to yourself sort of don't put yourself out there. I, friendly. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's that's true. And, and this is different. This is different. This is like let's share in each other's lives a little bit and as much as we can right now it's hard to do that, but, yeah. but I've been here a year. And so my neighbor behind me, he's a retired judge. Um, he and his wife are just really friendly, gracious people that, you know, um, he has always been kind to me, made me feel welcome in the neighborhood. But just recently, we just, we just finally exchanged contact information. Like been here a year. It's like, you know, we should have each other's phone number and email in case, you know, we need to contact each other or just to talk or whatever. And so, um, he's got, you know, we're, we're growing a garden. He's got a few things growing out back. Um, and I was talking to him one day and he, he said, Oh, Clint, we've got some mint leaves. Uh, do, do you want any? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll take some mint. Yeah. Um, and you know, a really simple gesture. I, I traded him some basil for it. Well, this is really exciting content. I'm really getting to the good <laughs> stuff. Just wait. Okay. Just wait. <laughs> so, I mean, that's where it started, right? Right. Uh, so tonight, okay, let's fast forward, get to the good part. Tonight, uh, my wife is making like some homemade popsicles with the kids. She's going to make watermelon mint, but we're, we're out of mint. Like we used up all the mint or the mint we used and the other went dry. So, I texted him. I said, Hey, Joel, can you mind if I go and get some mint out of your garden? He's like, Oh yeah, sure. Just, you know, open the gate, just go and help yourselves. Uh, so me and Claire did that. And as a, as a thank you, because I, you know, am not a 
cruel person, I take uh, a couple beers to him. Uh, and one of the beer, I, I took him a two hard ale and the other beer, um, it was like, it's a, it's a brewery here in Columbus and it's, you've seen the can rich and I'm, I don't have it with me. I'll have to describe it. It, it, it looks like, uh, it, it's got a picture of a hop cone as the head and the body is, uh, like Paul or some, or one of the other Beatles from, from the album cover of Sgt. Right. Pepper's. It's yeah. like Lonely Hearts, a Lonely Hops Club band or something. Is the right? Is the name of the? Hold on, I lost my headphones there for a second. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Lonely Hops Club band is the name of the beer. So I put that on his table and I texted him. I said, "Hey, this is a thank you." And he said, "Oh man, ale, love it." And I said, "Yeah, you know." Two Hard L is my favorite. That other beer, I just bought it because I love the Beatles. And it, it, it turns out it's a solid pale ale. And what happened next is we just ended up texting back and forth for like 15 minutes about the Beatles. That's awesome. And he's in his 60s. And we're like, um, and I ended up telling him about the podcast. Right. He's like, oh, he's like, Sergeant Pepper, that's, that's, their, that's their best album. Good man. I said, <laughs> I said yeah, you know, I, I'm partial to the White Album uh you know well some weeks it's the white album other days it's abbey road and hell he threw sergeant pepper's revolver it's hard to make a decision yeah but um i don't know maybe that's not a great story you know one of the one of the highlights of it he's talking about just the second side of abbey road how he just is infatuated with that as many people are right that's how great it is and and he made a comment about Ringo's drum solo. And I said, I just sent him a text and said, Ringo is underrated and underappreciated. And his last thing was just totally agree. Yeah. So I think it's so cool um, that the music of the Beatles, because, I mean, you know, one of the hardest things to do right now is to link generations together. We are so divisive on so many things in this world, especially now. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and and even though Joel and I, in in talks I've had with him, we we align very closely on values and political views. So it's really easy to talk to him and his wife about stuff. And I really value that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he he grew up somewhat with the Beatles. He's in his sixties. Right. Uh, I don't know how old he is exactly, but that's what I'm guessing he is. But me, I mean, I I was born the year John Lennon was shot. Right. <laughs> but the yeah. music is still a living, growing organism that brought us together. I just think that's cool. I just uh, think if I can have a conversation with that with somebody, it's just simple few text messages, but we just like. The Beatles are great. What's, oh, you think that's great. I think that's great. It's just, you know, if I could talk more about stuff like that, the world's not as scary and shitty of a place as it seems to be right now. Yeah. No, I think that's a, I think that's a good story. And I think it does make that point that, um, the Beatles do bring people together. I mean, sometimes it brings people together because you've got the people that just can't stand them. But even the people that don't like the Beatles, if they find out that you do, they really want to talk about it. 
because you know they want you know either usually it's just because they they want to argue with you but okay whatever that's fine but um they're never ignored right and right they do bring people together so i I think that's awesome you mentioned um ringo's drum solo and how you guys were talking about him being uh, underrated and underappreciated so that just kind of gives me a, a good segue into something I hadn't even thought to talk about, but it just tripped in my mind. So um, I'm reading, well, I say, I call it reading, but I'm doing, you know, audible. Yeah. Um, I just, it's, it works for me with my job and especially when I'm travel like traveling and, and driving in the car. So uh, uh, one of the books that I just recently finished was um, Steve Lukather's memoir called the gospel according to Luke. And for people who don't know who Steve Lukather is, I'm sorry that you don't, but you actually do know exactly who he is. So he is uh, the, the founding member and lead guitarist of Toto. And one of the, you want to talk about underrated and underappreciated mm. in musical circles. He's not, but public at large, he totally is. And um, you know, great studio musician all those guys were they were basically the backing band for this is not a joke hundreds hundreds of of records um in the from the mid 70s through the late 80s it's hard to come across a record that one or even all of them didn't play on um, anyway, so this was about Ringo though. This isn't really about Luke, but anyway, he's awesome. Um, you know, Toto was hated there, but I think their, their music is just fantastic. You know, sorry, you don't like it when people strive to do their absolute best at something. And if you think that that sounds too squeaky clean and whatever, then, uh, you know, you can go to hell. I don't care. <laughs> you know, they, they, even out, even outside of their hits, they wrote and performed some amazing music. Yes. But anyway, in the book, he talks about Ringo and here's why he has been a part of Ringo's all-star band now since I think like either 2014 or 16, it's been years. Huh. And usually Ringo's all-star band kind of changes players every year or two. And, but he's been there since he started but um of course so he's i think he was born in i want to say 57 he's in his 60s so he grew up with the beatles and loved them obviously uh, patterned a lot of things after george harrison when it came to guitar um and so he got to work with paul mccartney on um the Broad Street debacle. Uh, he got to uh, work with George Harrison multiple times, and then he got to work with Ringo. Can you imagine being growing up with the not you know growing up with the Beatles, learning how to play guitar, becoming this super accomplished musician, and then finally getting getting to play with three of your you know three of those guys that just your absolute heroes. And, you know, he probably would have, I can't imagine him ever working with John Lennon, but of course he didn't really get the chance because mm -hmm. John's passing in 80. Um, I mean, by then though, he had been doing a lot of studio work, but never worked with John, but the other three, anyway, his comments on Ringo 
uh, are r really, um, I mean, they're obviously super gracious. He loves the guy, but just he's somebody that you can trust when they talk about music because he knows his stuff and he'll tell you straight up. We don't have rock and roll as we know it. If we don't have Ringo Starr, uh, that's pretty bold, but I think the way he laid the case out, I believe it. Um, nobody had ever played the drums the way Ringo did when he came along. Um, mm. The style, the um, keeping time, but also somehow laying off the beat a little bit. And uh, so much of rock and roll and pop music took that on. Um, anyway, I just wanted to mention that because you mentioned Ringo. Um, and also I just, I wanted to plug that book. If, if you like reading about music, it's a good book. It's really good to listen to it on audible because Lukather actually, um, is the, he, he reads it. Oh, so okay. it's actually, I love it when it's the actual person. Oh yeah. Oh, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one to, to, to check out. Um, even if you don't know him or know his work, uh, it's, it's, you know, and he, he gets into some of the seedy rock and roll drugs and all that kind of stuff in the memoir, but it's, but it's really, it's more about, it's the story of, of, of his career and Toto. Uh, it's definitely worth listening to. Um, have you, have you read anything lately music related? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so about three weeks ago i started the beastie boys book yep that's one of the ones i finished recently too um i was enjoying it um and i was actually using a my local library has a really good app about checking out audiobooks so that's what i was listening to on that while i was listening to that i had tuned in on hold i know you told me, Hey, just use my audible account, but I, I I'm just stubborn to do that rich. <laughs> but anyway, so tune in finally became available and dude, I'm neck deep in that one. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I now I've got like 30 hours left. <laughs> it's, it's massive. And, 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 and I don't know if you know this or not spoiler alert, but it ends with them arriving in america oh that's what you told me yeah and so because he's supposedly working on like the next volume i think it's supposed to be three volumes yeah that's what he says in the uh prologue to the yeah. book and i thought well are these other two out but the, the second one's not even out yet right no it's not okay. i'm dying for it yeah well yeah um i mean i've only made it to 1960 uh it, it 1960 just rolled over in the book. Um, but I tell you, um, there are stuff I'm learning about them that I had no idea about. And I, you know, I, I could say, I, I mean, I guess I'm like an amateur Beatles scholar, a recreational Beatles scholar. I, I dig where I like to dig in a little bit. Um, you know, I've got the book, I, the one book I own before I started, I mean, I own tune in the book, but I, you know, like you, 
I like the audiobook right. format. Yeah, I bought the book too. Especially when the author reads, um, or you know, if it's not a biography, the the person is reading the book. Right. Um, it just means a lot more. Like, uh, I got most of the way through Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen, and I I really need to go back and finish that. I mean, I own that one. Man, you got some book ADHD going on, don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> well, well, with us doing the Beatles podcast, and I've, you know, is is, you know, I just when TuneIn became available, I said I, I want to dive into this, and I'm so glad I did. Um, but just the details about how their youth shaped who they are, and I haven't, you know, there's so much more I've got to get to, but I can already see why John is the way he is, why Paul is the way he is. And, and a lot of things about George surprised me. Um, so. You think you would have thought that he had the hardest life of all the Beatles because of how yeah. surly he ended up being so many it's times. Just his demeanor. He's just, but he really had probably one of the, the easier goes out of the four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and poor and, Ringo. Ringo <laughs> yeah. overcame so much his story is really amazing and he's still he's still kicking at 80 now the oh, oldest crazy. beetle right he's that's crazy man and i love it and he looks like a million bucks to be 80 <laughs> i know well that he you know there's something to be said for the approach he takes in life you know i'm sure peace and love yeah exactly he just he just doesn't let things bother him probably too much i mean when you've made it to 80 and you've been in the Beatles and you've had a, a successful solo career, I mean, actually you could have done nothing else besides being the Beatles and skate by the rest of your life. Yep. You, you've already given the world so much. Mm -hmm. So just, I, I bet he doesn't stress about hardly anything. Yeah. No, I, I can't imagine. Um, yeah, but yeah, just like you were saying about, about the book and the background and you know, it, 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 and, and even the book, it really starts with their parents, their grandparents. I mean, it gives you uh, Lewis and just, it's amazing how much he, I, I've read a lot of other Beatles books and mm -hmm. his is definitely the best uh, of course, to be continued. It's not even close yeah. to finished. Um, but just the work, that he obviously did to gather all of that information. And of course, you know, I think most people he's, he is the foremost Beatles historian by far. Um, but yeah, it's just so it, it, it does, uh, it does give you a feeling for, um, how each of them are. It's just like, you know, for years and years until I really started to dive into, um, uh, their history and, and, and their lives. Like, you know, I, I held a really real grudge kind of against John because mm. he was such a piece of garbage. It seemed like yeah. in the way that he treated women, but then, but then you, and it's not an excuse and it's not, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's not to excuse it, but, but it explains it. Um, and, and, you know, he, he found his redemption all on his own later in mm -hmm. life. Um, nobody really gave it to him, but you know, I feel like 
you know, after the lost weekend and after he went back to, to Yoko and they started raising kids together, um, a kid together, mm-hmm. um, he started to turn into the man that he wanted to be. He always wanted to be a good guy, I think, but yeah. he, but he, he could never escape his demons, um, until, until he did. And then shortly after he was, he was gone. Uh, yeah, I do feel like he, he, he did finally at least get ahead of his demons before he died. Um, I think that's true. Yeah. And, you know, um, and, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, we know the story of his mother dying and how she died or most of us do even before we were, I did not know that how, how it happened until I read it. And yeah. And then, um, you know, Paul lost his mom, not as tragically that was cancer. Julia was, you know, the, the car, the, you know, getting hit by a car and all that, you know, super sad and just, um, out of the blue, but they both lost their mothers as teenagers. And, you know, and in that book and in other books and in interviews uh, and and in anthology, I think Paul talks about it. It, it, it did bring them um, closer. Uh, And I don't, I don't know that, I don't know they would have survived as the Beatles as long as they did, if they didn't have that in common. Hmm. Um, because, you know, um, boy, this is cool. This is free wheeling, man. We're just, we're just like, we're doing another Beatles episode. Awesome. Well, it's all right. It's all right, man. I, so, think, it's a really, I think it's a really good point though. I, I, what I liked, what my favorite part of the book so far is that is learning about how the relation, their relationship began. Um, and learning about the confidence each of them had in their abilities and who they are. They, they, they were all in on themselves, first of all, before they met each other. And I think that is another factor that maybe doesn't get talked about a lot. If they weren't sure and confident in themselves before they met, before they became a group. Um, I don't think they would have had the lasting impact that they had and they yeah. still have. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I can't disagree with that, but, uh, you know, like even in the way that they came together and formed, um, it's, 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 it was like, they, they, they were formed in a way that there was no way they would last. And here's the reason that I say that, uh, you know, John was immediately jealous, you know, at the fair when Paul came along and, uh, what was, I guess he played 20 flat rock and, and killed it. Right. And all of a sudden John was like, kind of laid like, he had confidence in himself, but now all of a sudden, uh, he's like, you know, he's thinking, well, man, I, cause I would, here's how, here's what I would think. I would think, man, I've got this van. I'm awesome. And then somebody comes along and they're so far ahead of me. I'm just, Oh, I'm, I'm pretty trash, but, but then they, 
you know, they took it. It was, you know, the, the, the formation after that of their friendship was kind of slow, but man, once they formed it, it was solid, but it was also still built on the competition. It was, that's the theme of Paul and John, right? Competition. And it started right there. Uh, you know, but it made, it made John better, right? Meeting Paul, it made him better. And, and, and John made Paul better in so many, so many ways, but the, the cracks in the Beatles were there from the very beginning, really. (laughs) I mean, you can only compete so long, right? right? You can only, and, and John held the reins, you know, pretty much through revolver and then, you know, I, I guess, you know, if you go and look at, if you go and look at their, you know, uh, their interviews and of course read, you know, what you read in books and whatnot, by then John was, uh, he was kind of done with it anyway. Like he, he had other interests. He had other things he wanted to do and he met Yoko. She didn't break up the Beatles, but that was just one more thing, but it was only one thing. There were others. He was, you know, if Paul had his way, the Beatles would have been around. They'd be like the Rolling Stones, right? They'd still, still if they were all still, yeah. I mean, that's if Paul had, but, but it was never going to work because when John lost interest and Paul took over, that was it, man. Uh, John, even though he was not in it as like he was, he couldn't bear it. Right. He, he couldn't bear to not be the guy, the leader. And again, it goes back to his childhood and growing up and fighting and scrapping for everything. And uh, when I say everything, like for love, like just from his mother and his family and his father and, um, you know, a whole other rabbit trail, but, you know, the, the song on Plastic Ono Band, um, Mother, mm-hmm. is that the name of the song? Mm-hmm. Uh, where he's talking about his mom and his, and his dad and, um, and just the pain there, it's excruciating. And he didn't write that song until the, really until the Beatles were like pretty much done. Right. And all that was still inside of him. So anyway, I, I guess that's a long and roundabout way of saying the competition started immediately and the competition was, was always going to break them. Yeah. Um, I got a couple of thoughts. Um, you know, when we do talk about the white album, they were pretty much busting apart the seams as a band. Oh yeah. They, I mean, they even broke up sort of, um, or Ringo walked out and then they're all, um, trying to get him back in and, and, and they all have this miscommunication about, the three, like each person thinks the three of them are getting really along really well. And they're in, in the, per, and, and I'm the outcast. Well, no, you know, you know, no, it's not you, it's me. And the whole Seinfeld bit, um, they, they're all just tore up. They're, they're all going through something there and, and they're all kind of pointing the finger at each other and pointing it at themselves. So it's, yep. And Brian's gone. You know, Brian, Brian, yeah, Brian Epstein is, is dead. Yeah. He's gone. Brian. And he was part of the glue. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to say though, is that, you know, while Paul 
had taken the reins and Sergeant Pepper and Magical Mystery Tour. Um, when we get around to talking about the White Album, I am I. I've, I've been listening to a lot. I mean, it's all I've been listening to really here lately to just prep myself. And plus, I just love it so much. But John yeah. is he is fighting and clawing and scratching to come back to take claim of yeah. the band, in, in my opinion, because it is it is it is John's best and finest moments in my opinion, uh, of his contributions as, as a Beatle. Cool. I can't wait to talk about that. That'll be yeah. fun. And I never really thought about that until you were, until you were talking about the competition and I was trying to find, I was trying to figure out, you know, John had just mailed it. I mean, he hadn't mailed it in. I mean, you don't mail it in on a day in the life. Right. Right. Um, and there's a lot of other great songs. I mean, you don't mail it in on strawberry fields forever, but you know, it's not, you know, it's, it's a, he's a little disconnected, but I, I just think he, and there's so many great tracks, but I mean, he did John from everybody on the album, but John just really comes charging back, <laughs> so to speak. And then he kind of, then it kind of fizzles out again. I guess maybe some of that Yoko's distracting him or he's just losing interest. Well, then you had the get back sessions and Paul's, you know, pressing it again. Uh, like, yeah. He's trying to grab it again. And that's true. Yeah. And, fall, and that really falls apart. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing that they were able, I, of course, uh, you know, a, a lot of people say that it's overblown that they were that much at each other's throats. Um, you know, Peter Jackson's redoing and remastering the film, um, for let it be the get back sessions you know mm -hmm. there's the film yeah. and there's supposedly like like dozens and dozens of hours that nobody's even seen uh i thought that was supposed really? to come out maybe this year or maybe they're maybe it's going to come out on its anniversary well that would be this year right that's true yeah it came out in 1970 yeah i think maybe it was supposed to, maybe maybe this nine, fall yeah yeah it was it was before abbey road that's yeah. that's that's why Abbey Road's the true last, and we're going to do them in that order. Just Thank you. Be, just because. <laughs> but it's amazing, though, what I was going to say. It's amazing that they were able to, one more time, rally the troops, go in the studio, and create Abbey Road. Yes. Um, and by all accounts, those sessions were very friendly, um, very, you know, business-like not a lot of fighting or backbiting or anything like what had just happened um you know and that's to their credit of course you know then after that it it really all falls apart and paul leaves the band and everybody's you know we got lawsuits now and mm. um you know and that's that's because of he who shall not be named i feel like what in yoko no no i know you're talking about <laughs> yeah I don't even want to talk about him, but, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, that, so, so we've, we've made it, we've made our, our little talk about where they came from their competition all the way to Abbey road. So that's kind of cool. Um, a very condensed version, but, <laughs> um, uh, but, and also a very long and roundabout way to say competition was always going to kill that band. 
Um, yes, but it made it great. It, and that's that's the that's the great part. And you yeah. know what? I'm glad that I'm not one of these people that yearns for or wants to imagine what if they'd stayed together. Um, although one of our surprises will possibly be in that vein. So there's a, there's a little tease for people. That's a good tease. Yeah. It's a pretty good little tease there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't look back and go, what if I think it was, it was all, uh, all perfect ending on, uh, an album as great as Abbey road. All bands should hope that should be the goal, right? You, yeah. you, you want to, you want to end on top like that. You want to put together what could be their best album. If you, you know, a lot of people, some people think so. I mean, some days I think that's their best album. So that dovetails into one of the things that I wanted to bring up to talk with you about, because me and you and Ernie, who has been on the podcast before, go see the Pearl Jam episode. It's really good. Me, you, and Ernie have texted before about bands that reach an apex, yes, stay together, and you know it's it's like a bell curve almost, right? It's like after a certain point, you don't care anymore about what they're recording. Yeah. So we we didn't have to worry about that with the Beatles. No. They they went out. Some people say on the very top. Some people say Abbey Road is their greatest album. It's easy point to argue. Yeah. So, yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about that and we'll get off of the Beatles and I'm going to let you riff on that with one of your other favorite bands, the Smashing oh. Pumpkins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, this could go in any number of directions. <laughs> You're like, he's um, going to say Rush. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could talk about Rush. Is he going to talk about Genesis? <laughs> is he, is he going to? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just say Smashing Pumpkins because we specifically talked about them we in did. that conversation. We did. Now, yeah. And so I would, you know, I've thought about it. Um, you know, if you talk about the nineties, uh, I, when I go back and really think about it, they were my favorite band of the nineties and, and set this up. You're coming of age in the nineties. You were born right. in 80. So you're spending right. your teenage years. You're, you're, you're starting high school in 94, right? That's right. You know, <laughs> the first Beatles episode we did not to mention the Beatles, but I talked about not going to name her name. I talked about, a girl that I had a crush on who loved the Beatles, yes. but she, um, um, was that the same girl? Yeah. Stick with me for a minute. Yeah. But anyway, she, you know, she didn't like the, uh, the fat, fat chubby, you know, geek that I was. And so she passed and at the time that was a good move. Little did she know, but anyway, um, <laughs> i am so full of shit anyway i think she was also a smashing pumpkins fan and about that time is when melancholy and the infinite sadness came out which was 95 95 95 is when that came out yeah so 
I either remember borrowing that from her or maybe it was another friend at the time. And I remember I first listened, uh, you know, oh, I like, uh, I'd like some of this, but okay. I'm going on a short tangent, then I'll come back. I swear my upbringing in, in, in the church, just a very strict, uh, you know, all rock music is, or most rock music is the devil's music and et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not making it up, but that's a cliche, but I mean, people try to drill that's, that crap that's fact. in your head. That's fact, especially in the Bible belt here. Yeah. I was lucky in that my dad never did that to me wow. growing up. My mom didn't, but then she got very lit religious and but yes you know i'm backing you up there it's not even a cliche here it's most people's experience uh, ask ernie oh i know ernie is the prime example he's probably got the the best stories to tell and the funniest um so what what does that do to somebody who's trying to absorb a new genre of music like i had to get over guilt in trying to like something if that makes any sense. Like I didn't like, I was afraid to like Nirvana when they first came out because I felt like I was doing something too sinister and too evil. And this is just listening to freaking music, man. Uh, Def Leppard was mine. <laughs> oh, with the beginning of yeah, rock uh, of ages, the rock of ages. They're, they're mocking <laughs> Jesus. And yeah, this is Def Leppard. Okay. Anyway, so now the funny thing is there's, there's a lot of God topics on melancholy and infinite sadness. I mean, Billy Corgan is just a big old ball for rage. I mean, literally he's a rat in a cage. Um, so he, he's talking about, he's addressing some God topics. So, so when I first heard some of those songs, I'm like, I feel guilty about listening to this, but I was on the cusp of not giving a shit anymore. And, and really, I actually, I think melancholy, I think that album pushed me over into, I need to stop feeling guilty and just enjoy music. So that's like every teenager's story, right? Though you, you get to a point where you don't give a shit and every teenager rebels in some way. Yes. So you're, you're hitting your rebellion there. Yes. And then once I let go, it opened because there was actually a lot of great. Hey, music did you, so you, you, you let go, but you didn't let God. <laughs> <laughs> he was still in the picture. Um, <laughs> he still is today, but anyway. Um, yeah, that thanks for that cliche, Rich, you earn, I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> that was my Craig Smith moment um in the podcast here <laughs> okay all right fair enough fair enough um so that album so you know when you listen to something and it rocks you to your core i mean me and my buddy that i hung around with who was nothing but trouble but we hung out all the time we we drank together we smoked pot together um we would get in his van 
and try to see how quickly we could get from one place to another while listening to Porcelina and the Vast Ocean, uh, which is track 13 on side one, disc one. Um, I remember that distinctly. And it's a memory I'll have, always have. I mean, it, there was a lot of, you know, stuff happened between me and him that, you know, we can never really hang out now, but whatever. That you do stupid stuff when you're younger. Yeah. So once, once I heard that album, I, I just consumed the entire catalog, which was only two studio albums before that and, uh, and Pisces Iscariot, which was a B-side compilation. But I, I went and bought like every CD single I could get my hands on. How obscure, whatever it was, I went and bought it. I just, well, please tell me you still have them. I do. Yeah, because CD singles, if, if anybody young is listening to this, and if anybody older that doesn't realize this, CD singles had lots of B-sides many times that, yeah. you know, sometimes there would be five songs. They, sometimes they could be like almost like an EP. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. good that you still have them. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of them, mostly off, uh, the, um, Siamese dream album and, and a few before that. Um, but they, they were my band. I, it was, it was smashing pumpkins, stone temple pilots, Nirvana for me. I, you know, we, we could talk about Pearl jam during the nineties, but I wasn't, as big of a Pearl Jam fan, it's, it's, and, and honestly, still not as I am as some of those other bands. But so let's get back to this concept. I've, I've went on a rabbit trail, but I wanted to explain why Smashing Pumpkins. Right. They, they're one, they were one of my. I could still listen to them today. No, it's a good setup. You've set it up perfectly. But at the time, that album comes out it just it just launches them into another stratosphere but then they deal with tragedy uh their touring keyboardist jonathan melvoin uh dies of an overdose i believe and and billy corgan pretty much makes jimmy chamberlain the drummer the scapegoat however jimmy that's probably rightfully so jimmy chamberlain struggled with drug addiction he was kind of a hot mess. Billy had it with him and he kicked him out of the band. And this is right in the middle of the melancholy tour that I saw them on. I saw them after that happened. And it was still a show that just, it's one of those shows that will shape you. You'll never forget. So there's, there's this, 15, 16 year old me is, is 96. So I may have just turned 16 when I saw that show, but it had such a lasting impression on me. Now that's their apex. The next album, Adore, which is a good album actually. Um, but at the time it didn't have, it was, it was all drum machines, which, I, I love Phil Collins. I should be okay with drum machines. Um, but uh, it lacked the intensity and the passion, I thought, of the previous album. I, it was really, when you come off Melancholy as a kid and you're waiting for that next album to come out, and it's, it, it's kind of a letdown. 
Well, and you're not alone there. I think it probably sold maybe 20% of what the previous two albums each did. I think they were both like 5 million sellers at this oh, point. Oh, wow. And Adore's, yeah, I bought it because Adore's maybe a million. Still a lot of moving a lot of product, but yeah. Um, yeah, the way people, you're, you're obviously not alone in saying that that's when their downhill run started. Yeah. And so, but now there are, and actually I'm trying to go back now and listen to, to, I haven't done it lately cause I've been, I've been all about the white album here lately and some, and, and some other music that, uh, I, I might hopefully go back to, to, uh, a question you had earlier about, you know, what's going on with me and music now. Yeah, we can. So I, I do want to go back to that topic. For sure. But, um, yeah so a door comes out ava door is the first single off of it it's really good but it's like and then perfect comes out as a single i mean i've already got the album i've heard the songs and i thought oh, perfect's a really strong track but it's just not there and so I, there's this void for me they can then they come out then they bring jimmy back into the band and they uh, issue, uh, release Machina. And I was so hopeful to have Jimmy back in the band and then going back to a guitar driven sound. And there's two tracks on that. They're unbelievable. Everlasting gaze and stand, stand inside your love is just a wonderful song, but it just, it's like, it just wasn't enough to bring me back in. I just kind of like, I'm done. I'm just going to hang on. I'm just going to hang on to what I enjoy and what I've wore out over and over and over again, because I still find you know nuance when I go back and listen to Gish, Siamese dream and melancholy. Um, but it, to me, it was like a letdown. And maybe this is maybe this is the band that made me leery of other bands that I like. That you know, I get to the point where the album they issue at the time, I'm just not crazy about. This happened with Pearl Jam. Um, ten verses. I'd love verses. That's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, mine too. Um, I couldn't, I, and I bought no code. I, I just couldn't get into it. I, yeah. I, I don't know if I was too single driven at that time. If, if a band wasn't issuing singles off an album or they had Vitology before no code came out. I don't even know if I bought Vitology. And I, it if was if the I last, did, it's the no code was the last one I bought. Vitology is the last one I cared for. Yeah, I mean, there were some good be, songs on there. It could be all on the strength of Corduroy. Yeah. Because that's a, a wonderful, awesome rocking song. And there's some good songs off. I, I love uh, Hail, Hail off uh, No Code. But I, there's there's not, it, it wasn't enough. Like verses, you could listen to me, I could listen to verses straight through. And I, I love, there's something to love about every song for that for yeah. me. I never felt the same about Vitology. I didn't feel the same way about No Code. And Ernie is probably, when he hears this, he's probably got steam coming out of his ears. We'll make we'll make sure that he knows that 
there's some Pearl Jam talk buried in here so that he does listen. Cause yeah, I hope he does. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and it's not to be critical. I love that. He loves Pearl Jam. I love that. But I just saying, you know, me personally, uh, it was starting to happen with bands at that time. Yeah. Stone Temple Pilots. Okay. Another one. Um, although it was easy because when they were, when they, when they issued tiny music and there was like a, I don't know, two or three year gap between when they issued that and number four, I was starving for a Stone Temple Pilots album. And that yeah. one was a letdown, but I, that was really the last one they recorded together anyway. So they made it easy for us, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, what did Scott do after that? He went and did Velvet Revolver. He, yeah, he he had a solo album, and then he did Velvet Revolver, and then um, I guess in the late aughts, like mm -hmm. I don't know, oh eight nine, didn't they all came back together with him, did an album. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's, there's, there's some good songs on it, yeah. but it, it, it wasn't that great because I made to listen to it. I mean, I bought it cause it was like, Oh, Scott's back and they're doing a, you know, um, but I, I, I it made no impression on me. I don't remember okay. any of the songs. Um, I do. I do remember the first time listening to it was um i was at the gym working out and thought hey it's pretty good workout music and then i might have listened to it in the car and then i don't think i ever listened to it again <laughs> yeah yeah that... but i have a theory on your siamese or siamese well the siamese dream the well we'll start with gish you said you know gish to melancholy right yeah um I think some of that because the door doesn't come out until like 98. That's right. And so you're graduating high school then. That's uh, correct. You're not even going on and you're not even close to the same person you were when melancholy came out three years earlier. No. And that's part of it sometimes too. I mean, also the changes in the band and the upheaval and the drum machines and the, the sound is different. And yeah, but I think part of that too. And I think a lot of that is, with bands we love not like like me and you like pearl jam but we're not like eaten up with them like we are other bands that's right so they're they're easy to jump off the train but when it's a band that you love i think it usually has something to do with where you are in life as to whether you kind of keep going or not because by the time you're graduating high school and there's so much going on and you're about to become an adult and maybe go to school or, or you're going to start working and you've got all these other things. Um, you long for when things were easier three years mm -hmm. earlier, not, not, not saying your life's easier, better, worse or anything, but I know I can be pretty freaking nostalgic and I can be nostalgic in segments of my life. Even like I can look back at things, five years ago from right now and long for them or, you know, or 10 years or whatever, because, you know, everything changes constantly. It's like our lives are um, always in upheaval. Sometimes it's good <laughs> upheaval. Sometimes it's really sucky upheaval, it's, it's but really like true. if, if you're alive upheaval, things are changing. 
you know, you're, you're going to school, you're starting a career, you're getting married, you're having kids, you're sending kids out of the house, which is where I am now. And Mm -hmm. like things are always constantly changing. So we always want to look back and grab at something that, you know, we know and we love in the middle of everything changing. So because here's, I jumped into, uh, I keep saying the, 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 the album because I've got that album on my head because I love it so much. Yeah. Dream. I jumped in uh, on Smashing Pumpkins like 2000, 2001. I knew their songs and knew their singles, but oh, I was okay. never a big fan. And so that's when I came in. So that's when Machina is, you know, and so I'm listening to all of those from, you know, from Gish to Machina. And so I, I can see them changing all through it, but I have no point of reference in my life. I have no story. I have, there's, there's no part of my story that has anything to do with this band. And so I probably like adore and machine. I like that stuff way more than you because I didn't have uh-huh. anything. I had nothing attached to the other albums. Right. Like I had no memories. I had no, you know, like, uh, I, you know, I had no jumping in the van and seeing how fast you could get somewhere on side disc one track 13. Was that it? <laughs> right. That's it. <laughs> See, I didn't have that. And again, that just brings us back to why stories are so important when it comes to the music we listen to. And I think I kind of said that in our text message thing, but it probably doesn't come across as good as for me. And you're sitting here talking about it now, yeah. but, but yeah, it's, those things had real meaning to you and real memories and, and like good times and bad times and times in between attached to all of that. Now, three years later, a lot happens from the time you're like a freshman or sophomore to when you graduate high school. Like it's a short time, but like so much happens. And if there, if there's a break like they had there, in that part of your life, of course, of course, you're not going to feel the same way about the new stuff. Anyway. Yeah. There was, yeah, there was the so theory. much music that came out. Um, you know, one, one, one other thing I wanted to add to that. Uh, there was, I felt, uh, there was a lot of music that came out in between melancholy and adore. And that's right in my meat of my high school years, but none of it, to me and you're starting to get into the Beatles now well it wasn't until it wasn't until after high school oh I was happened. thinking it was like towards the end of high school oh so oh, you didn't even it was, you... um, it was probably the fall of 98 or, or okay of 99 and I'm already graduated at that time um there there just wasn't besides uh besides the Stone Temple Pilots album tiny music coming out in 96 there wasn't anything i'm crazy about i wasn't into radiohead at that time mm-hmm. um i wasn't into wilco at that time uh i mean all this stuff they're 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 coming out with albums during that time i i, right. I may have heard about them but i wasn't into them uh there just just wasn't anything i was crazy about i was just starving for an album and then they right in, in my mind at the time they just they laid a turd yeah which so wasn't just, just didn't it, it hit wasn't, it for you yeah but just you know when you 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 kind of you nailed it you know if you put an emotional attachment where you are in life at that time 
and then you just you're so invested in it and they just don't come through for you it's kind yeah. of it kind of sucks yeah yeah <laughs> all right so you uh you said you had another what's going on with you right now in music to talk about man so um unfortunately for for him um well no it's it's fortunate he's you know it uh well I, I, I started off saying something. Um, didn't really want to go in that direction. Um, I have really, thanks to you, I have really become a huge fan of Andrew Scotchy and the River Rats. Um, and I, what was unfortunate is that I, when I was living in Kingsport and able, you know, very close to being able to travel to Asheville. I think I had heard of him, but had no idea of his music. So I never, I've never seen him live except on Facebook live <laughs> at, at the, I think he did the gray Eagle and, uh, orange bill. Uh, he did a thing orange out, bill. out on Franny's farm. Really too. good. Yeah. So I feel like, damn it. You're late to the show again on a band. But, you know, the point is, is that I found his music. It, his music is so unique mm -hmm. for me. It's not, it's unlike anything else I listen to. It's like a fusion of so many things. You, you just put a bunch of stuff in a blender and out comes this beautiful creation that he is putting together. He and his bandmates are putting together. Um, and, and, you know, I love anything that's that 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 throws in a brass section every once in a while. I've, that's that's just right. awesome. Yeah. So it was awesome to see his, his recent show, uh, you know, the live live show they did at the Orange Peel. Yeah. Um, bringing in brass. So I, I just want to make comment. I just it's really cool to come across new music, especially during this time. And again, it goes back to the theme of. Uh, you know, if there's anything to kind of bring you out of a rut or bring you back to something of normalcy, of, of something that brings you joy, it, it's always going to be music for me also. Yeah. And it's like, and it's just like, it's his, um, his signature live song that he ends most of his shows with is perfectly poignant right now. Rock and roll will set your soul free. <laughs> and like he totally lives by that it's it's funny you mention him and um how it's like all these different um different styles and things that get thrown into the pot and then then something comes out and so i was last night when i was spinning records and posting on facebook and i was listening to remain in the light um by talking heads it's one of my favorite mm -hmm. albums and i'm sitting there listening to it and it's a very funky album. It's, it's like, it's, you know, but it's also kind of punky and, you know, there's some, some rock in there and there's some folk. And so I started, so I immediately thought of Andrew. And so I, I, t I start texting him and I was like, Hey dude, are you, uh, you much of a fan of the talking heads? Because I'm listening to, I'm listening to him right now. And I can, I can see a lot of what you do and what they did. And he was like, well, specifically, what are you listening to? And I was like, I'm listening to Remain in the Light. And 
uh, I was, I was like, he's like, Oh yeah, I love that album. And I was like, yeah, go back, go back and listen to it because it's so funky in the way that you are. So when I first learned about them, um, four or five years ago, uh, and we were going to this event called wing wars in Asheville and, um, Sherry's like, Hey, you want to go to this thing? I was like, yeah. She's like, there's going to be a lot of music. I was like, Oh, cool. Who's the band? She's like, I don't know. It's I've never heard of them, whatever. And I go and look and I was like, cause, and we, we traveled to Asheville a lot and, and, yeah. and were then, and I'd remembered seeing, you know, Andrew Scotchy and the river rats, like just around town, like flyers and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, I think I've heard of them. So I went to YouTube and I was like, I think he had maybe two videos up at that time. Yeah. They had only just done their, like they'd only had like one full CD out. And, um, I was like, Oh man, this guy's got all kinds of energy. And I was like, Oh, it's like the two he had up were like, it was like just like nasty funk songs. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is totally, I'm like, I'm, I was like stoked to go see them and drink beer. I didn't care about the wings, although I ate a lot of good wings. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, he, you know, I can, you know, and then there's other songs where I'm like, I can totally, it's, he loves Tom Petty. It's one of his heroes and you can totally see it in some of the songs. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I interviewed him a year or two ago and we talked about some of that uh, on the podcast. Uh, I don't know if you got to, have you gotten to listen to that one? Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm actually interviewing him again on Monday night. Um, going to talk about the new album and just probably just shoot the shit and laugh and cut up. I'm sure. Cause you know, he's just, a, he's a good dude. He's become, it's so, it's so cool. Um, when you love music and you, you find music that is, you know, just like does it like, you know, really connects with you. It's the first time that I've ever, uh, connected with an artist and then with their music and then became close friends. Um, so, which is just, it's just so cool. I'm like, Hey, one of my musical heroes is, uh, young enough to be my son. <laughs> and he's also one of my best friends now. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's been, um, it's been very, uh, just like, I don't know. It makes me feel young again. Right. Yeah. Uh, having, having these friends that are like in their mid to late twenties and they're, they're chasing their dream and they're doing things that I, I didn't do and, and wish that I'd have had the, um, inspiration and foresight and just really just, uh, the ability to let it all hang out and, and, and not worry about, um, not, not to say that they don't worry about things, but, but, but to just, you know, let go and be like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to be a musician and this is what I'm going to do. And you read those stories in books, right? You, you know, you read about the, the Beatles and you read about all these people who they came from where we come from and they go and do it. And you're always like, God, I, I wish I could do that. And then you meet somebody and become friends with them and there's somebody who did it. And so it's like, I'm, you know, I, totally live vicariously through him uh, at times just wishing that when i was that age um i would have been willing to do what it takes and to not worry about what other people are thinking not not following society and here's the here here it is you get out of college 
or you get out of high school, you go to college, you get married, you have kids, you work a job, you die. I'm always, I'm always uh, just blown away by people who don't see that as the path and have wished that that was something I could have, um, you know, done and latched onto and just it's cause it's a whole other way of thinking anyway. So it's, it's been neat to become friends with him in addition to the music and stuff. But, um, yeah, I plug him every chance I get. I'm glad you brought him up on here because this is uh, like a perfect episode to kind of plug him again. You know, I've, I've plugged him. Um, I was on uh, the pods and sod zoom a couple of weeks ago and Eric Miller, who, uh, who has become a dear friend. We've met in person one time, uh, me and uh, you know, him and Craig, and they've both become just dear friends to me. And he's, he's so thoughtful on so many subjects. And so when he was going around the, the round table that we had, um, first thing he asked me is like, Richie, I just saw you post about, um, you know, one of your favorite bands that just released their new album. You want to talk about that? So I mean, I got to talk about him there. So yes, I love to, I love to plug, uh, Andrew. He's doing the thing. He's, you know, working his butt off at his craft and he's writing good songs and he's just a hell of a guy, which just, yeah, you know, which is the most important thing. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, a lot of times we, we love music so much. We'll just, we'll just kind of wave, wave our hands at, you know, sometimes we just try to sweep it under the rug about, if you know, whatever, whatever unsavory things that person may do. So it makes it easy when you love somebody's music and then you find out, Oh, they're a good dude also. And they're truly a good dude. Um, that makes you feel good about the choices that you make um yeah yeah so um yeah here here's a comment about his music i think it is so diverse but so accessible i know that when i play my wife something i mean my wife is not the connoisseur of music that i am but I know what she likes and I, and there's certain music that I will play for her that I'm like, I think you might like this. And I played, it wasn't the new album, although I did play her some of that later on. She liked it. But the first thing I played for her was his second album. Um, family Dynamo. Family Dynamo. Thank you. Yep. Um, but you know, it starts out with who's put the hurting on you. Yeah. And I don't know why I love that song so much, but I do. It is just the guitar sound oh, is yeah. magical. Yeah. Um, and his he has a really great voice. Um, it is it's it's different and interesting and fresh and it is fresh. Yeah. Yes. That 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 was the main takeaway for me about his music. It is just a it's like a whole new perspective. Yeah. But, it, yeah. but really it's just a marriage. It's a beautiful marriage of a lot of different styles, but mm -hmm. they go really well together and he makes it happen. And I swear, 
I, not because I want this to happen for him. I think he's talented enough. I mean, he 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 has really got potential to really, you know, make it big if he just catches the right break. And I don't know if that's absolutely really what he wants. No, I think he he would definitely accept that and go with it. And yeah, I'm I'm rooting for him on that because um, you know people need to hear his music. Yes. Um, because you know, he's, he's, uh, he's a great musician, but he also has, um, you know, especially the last two albums, he's got something to say and, uh, and, yeah. and, and he's a, just a great writer. Uh, you know, when we first met him, they only had the one CD out. And of course there was a live CD and, um, he's got, he's got a, he's got a couple of live CDs. One's unofficial. I think you might've gotten one. I do. <laughs> yeah. I got one. Yeah. I got one too. And it's like, it's like on a, it's like on a burn, like burn yeah, on. Yeah. It's like, dude, he just made me a mix CD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and good quality uh, though. It's, it's really, really good. He's, he's got an official one too. Um, I've got it. I don't know. If I tried to order it. He was out of that when I, ordered that was it. the one that he did at Highlands brewing, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah um it's it's really good too it's 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 a good live recording like the production on it's it's pretty pretty sweet um but anyway no uh, just back to um I always when i talk about him i feel like i'm bragging about one of my kids or something but <laughs> but no he 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 has something to say and he is really perfecting his craft both musically and lyrically and yeah like people need to hear they need to hear that music um you know uh the, on the new album the ep whatever you want to call it everyone everywhere every one of those songs is they're 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 good of course stepping stones my favorite song on the album and maybe my favorite song by him and i've i've been hearing that song live now for a year and a half yeah and I'm like, when, when are you getting that on? Scene? When he's like, we're working on it. We're working on it. And I was like, I can't wait. And I remember, I think it was last April, a year ago, April, we were, um, we were over in Asheville and we went down to Hillman brewing Isn't that right. Hillman. Yeah. Because one of our friends, Victoria, who we met through Andrew works there. And we were just down there fooling around. I was like, Oh, let's go over to Hillman. See if Victoria's working. Yeah. And, uh, she, uh, she was there and we were hanging out and, um, the, uh, the bus over there, the Lazoom tours that they do, uh, that, that Andrew and the river rats play on. It's a, you know, they set up in the front of the bus and you pay and you get on the bus and you go from brewery to brewery and, and in between stops, they play songs. Well, I didn't we didn't we didn't know that they were out on the bus that day, and oh. just so happened when we stopped at the brewery, they pulled in, and he he he's walking up, and I'm like, I yell, Andrew. He looks up and he was like, Oh my god! And he comes running over, and we so we hang out and have a beer, and he's like, Oh man, it's only on my phone, but you've really got to hear this. And I was like, What? And he was like, 
yeah, man, we started working on stepping stone and there's some keys on it. And I, I really want to hear, I want you to, uh, I want your opinion. And I was like, Oh shoot, man, I get to give my opinion on a pre-recording. And, uh, of course it was not the finished product, but it did have the, the keys part on there. Mm-hmm. And it's, I can't think of the guy's name. It's, I think his first name's Lenny that plays, um, keyboards uh, in empire strikes back brass along with the the two guys that yeah play horns and there's it's 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 all like all those bands over there are it's so incestuous like they all play in each other's bands at any given time like there's a um um another rabbit trail but we love we both love steely dan well there's a steely dan tribute band over there called dirty logic you need to go find them on Facebook. <laughs> really? And so I'll the guys, so the, so the guys that play horns in all these other bands, they're playing in this. Well, they just released like one of those uh, videos on Facebook. That is um, one of those social, like everybody's from their home, right? Like it, right. each little square has got somebody in there and they do a rewrite of Hey 19 called COVID 19. And, but anyway, they're, they are a fantastic Steely Dan tribute band, like really incredible. So yeah, check them oh, out, man. Um, I miss but then, <laughs> but then there's also a Jamiroquai where's Ron Colhane when we need him. There's also a Jamiroquai tribute band over there and Keith Harry, who plays bass yeah. for Andrew. Yeah. That's, that's one of his side projects. And really? they're, they're really good too. I mean, just super great. I would be interested in that. Um, yeah. I, I, I need, I can't remember the name right now. I'll find it and send it. You to mentioned you. Ron quick shout out for Ron. Did you know he won the his yes. age? Did you see that? Yes. The Lake Lake open 35 yeah. or whatever. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah. If I go back to playing tournaments, man, I two years away from the men's 50. Wow. Wow. I'm just I waiting. Wasn't, I'm just waiting until then because I can probably win that one. I wasn't going to tell that on you, but you just told that on yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, anyway, cool, man. We talked a bunch of Asheville music there. Um, there's there's a lot of good stuff going on musically over there. Um, there's another band over there that um, called the Get Right Band. They're kind of a kind of a funk, funk band. Um, Three-piece, really good. Saw them the first time at Barn Aru. Andrew's mm. thing that was going to come back this year and didn't get to. So I'm hoping next year's good and they can do it again. That's always a, a good time. We did that like three years in a row, the whole, the whole nine yards camp camping out and the whole, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's so much good music over there right now. Um, so many talented players that, you know, I wish more people knew about, especially Andrew. He's my favorite. He's my boy. Yeah. He's he's my bud so well, you know one one thing i thought about to tie it it all ties back to the beatles eventually yeah. you're talking about all the Asheville bands being incestuous it's really how all the bands were when the beatles were like the quarry men at that right. point yeah i mean george was playing in a couple different bands at the time ringo mm-hmm. just going from one band to another um Right. He you was know. in a successful band already. It was Rory Cochran, right? R- Roy Storm. Rory Storm. The, yeah. Rory Storm. The, you, yeah. And the Hurricanes. You mixed that I was with thinking Eddie Cochran. Of Eddie Cochran yeah. different. 
Yeah, who, Rory who influenced the Beatles. Correct. Yes. Well, that was the other cool thing about that book is just like music history. Oh yeah. You know, I, I'm oh, telling yeah. you, I'd stop, I'd pause the book. And I'm like, I'm gonna go listen to this Elvis song. Well, yeah, you get I, Elvis and Chuck Berry and uh, Little Richard and just all of it. You know, Bill, uh, Bill Haley and the Comets and the, all that stuff is what made the Beatles. I know, and, and Everly Brothers, and uh, it. You know, when when I thought about that in that lens, when I saw it through that lens, and it's just like you know, you're talking earlier about a door and machina mean more to you than they do to me it's what lens you view them from so when you first listen to 50s rock and it doesn't sound like the music that you like because you're not putting yourself in the right frame of reference for it yeah listening to these are the people that influenced the beatles when they heard these albums these these songs they stopped what they were doing mm-hmm. um it seems like they were just in awe of elvis Oh yeah. Anytime Elvis did anything, especially John world stop, especially John. Yeah. Um, yeah, he wanted to be Elvis. I mean, they all did, but John really did, but yeah, it's, it, 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 no, that's, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's cool that we went back to the Beatles, but to get the idea out there that, uh, you know, the, the lens, your frame of reference, your experience, your, your stories, your memories, um, uh, you know, I, am I going to go out and listen to Elvis all the time on purpose? No, I, yeah. I don't dig it, but I appreciate it, especially in the fact that it influenced the Beatles. It, it gave me the Beatles. Um, I never cared much for little Richard still really don't, but I, man, I love to hear the live recordings of Paul singing long tall oh. Sally. That's one of his, that's, that's like one of the great Paul vocals, right? When he's doing the, doing the screen, um, you know, and he, he got that scream style from little Richard. I mean, that's yeah. where he learned to do that. Yeah. That's why he wanted to do that. And yeah. so thank you, little Richard, because, you know, all the way up through and past the Beatles, you go to, you know, maybe I'm amazed that's that vocal lens you know there's 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 a lot that goes back to little richard there because that's where paul learned his screen um yeah but no that's a great point man just yeah you you should always go back and and listen i i do the same thing and you you mentioned the beastie boys book uh which i loved uh i just upgraded my phone so i got a free year of apple tv and the Beastie Boys story is on Apple TV exclusively. Oh. And it's, it's kind of like the book, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's Mike D and, uh, ad rock, um, yeah. on stage with talking and, you know, they flash stuff up on screens and Spike Jones, um, produced and directed and wrote the whole thing. And, um, so it kind of puts like, it's like a two hour spin on the book with those two guys. And, but when I'm reading, when I was reading the book, I knew who a lot of these people were that they were talking about, like, like bad brains, um, you know, a, an all black punk band really is what they were. And I knew who they were, but I'd never listened to their music. So I was doing the same thing. I'm stopping. And I'm like, okay, let's go see what this yeah. bad brains is all about. Yeah. Of course, you know, they talk about the, the clash and stuff like that. And a lot of stuff they talk about is stuff I like and love and know well, like, the clash. And then even when they talk about some of the other music they weren't into at the time, 
um, I knew, knew some of that, but yeah, I was definitely stopping and listening, but I also listened to their music as I yes. was listening to it. Uh, even though I know so much of it, like the back of my hand, yeah. but like when they mention a song or, um, or the making of a song or whatever, I go ahead and go listen to it so that it's fresh in my mind when I'm, you know, listening to them talk about it. Um, What's yeah, your any, favorite Beastie Boys album? Uh, probably check your head, but um, Paul mm. uh, Paul's Boutique is so underrated. It was a flop when it came out, but the, the, a big reason there is because they went from, um, you know, License to Ill, um, turned them into a bro band, and everybody everybody wanted Fight for Your Right to Party Part Two and didn't get it. And thank God they didn't because that was a, they were, that was, they were just tossing off there. They, they don't even like that song. They've not performed it in decades. Um, You know, there's so many other good songs on license to ill and that's the one that everybody remembers, but like, you know, brass monkey, that's, that's such a innovative song. And especially if you're listening to the, to the album and how they came up with all those things. But I would I would say it's check your head. Okay. Um, with a close second being mm, ill communication. Maybe? Yeah. So I was gonna. It, it goes back and forth uh, between Paul's boutique and ill communication for me. Um, yeah, I mean, those are the three for sure. If if yeah. if I'm um, intergalactic was good. Hell nasty. That's the album. Uh, yeah, yeah, hella nasty, right? It, it, but um, I think it, for me, it suffered from ill communication being so unbelievably oh. great. Well, um, uh, one 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 topic. Uh, well, I, I don't know if this is a, ever a podcast, but like, you know, I thought about this with the White album uh, coming up, but you know, on an album. I always put a lot of value in transition from one track to another. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. yeah. Um, talked about that on Magical Mystery Tour with a very insignificant song with flying into Blue Jay Way. Right. But on ill communication, I can't think – this has to be probably maybe a top five transition from root down to sabotage. It's just the way the song is. The, 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 yeah. Both songs are great by themselves, but then they're right next to each other on the album. Yeah. What's so crazy about Sabotage is like for a long time, it was an instrumental and they were going, you know, and they've, they've got lots of instrumentals on their albums that they've released yeah. and it was going to be one. And then, you know, the, the you know, the story goes that they wanted, decided they needed to put something on it. And, you know, so they got Adam Horvitz just screaming his lungs out and kind of, and it kind of goes back to their roots a little bit. Right. Yeah. But the whole song started with Yauk uh, playing that bass line and, and they're just going like, what is that? We got to do something with that. Um, yeah. It's, it's probably, I, I I guess it, it makes sense that ill communication and Paul's boutique are your favorites where check your head is mine because check your head is not completely a hip hop album, but it's more of a hip hop album than the other two. 
and I'm yeah. more of a hip hop guy than you are. Yeah. Although I, I, you, you've got to start, I've got to get you some stuff to listen to. I do. To. I really do. Um, Didn't I send you a hard drive? <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> I've got to get it sent. I mean, I've got a box. I've got a. It's. I, hey, Rich. I've, I've really. I, I guess I'm just going to have to give up on that guy on what I we talked about. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he still hasn't hooked me up with that yet. So. Oh. We uh, you'll just like, have to get I, it I later. Yeah, you'll just have to get it. You'll just have to get that that later, but. Yeah, I'll That's try to fun. get I'll try to get this out soon. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah. So another book that I just finished listening to um, was it's called um, "Sweat the Technique" and it's by uh, Rakim of Eric B and Rakim. I don't know if you know who they are. You probably know the song "Paid in Full." You probably heard it. It's been in movies. Yeah. But anyway, um, weird book, weird dude. Um, I enjoyed it, but it was another one of those where he was talking about, he talked about his influences and that's what made me get my Bob James albums out that I've really not given much time because he was listening to that smooth jazz stuff because looking for samples and you know, whatnot. And Bob James is heavily sampled in hip hop. Um, but, but anyway, um, again, that's another I'm listening. Somebody's talking about somebody's music and then I go listen to it. And so I'm going and listening on like Spotify. And then I'm like, you know, I know over here in this stack, I've, there's probably, and there's like seven Bob James albums. And so I've just been going through those. And uh, that's where I found that, uh, that I posted tonight, the Supremes, uh, a bit of Liverpool. Wow. Um, that's funny. You need to see if that's on Spotify and go listen. Like, it's just so weird hearing the Supremes singing a hard day's night. Um, yeah, I bet. And they do other things besides Beatles songs on there. Like house, the rising sun is on there. And, um, there, there are a few others that aren't Beatles songs, but the Beatles songs, it's just so weird hearing such a very, very different perspective on the music. Um, but anyway, as far as me with music right now, um, yeah, I've, I've been diving into, um, all these records that I've not sorted or cataloged yet. And, um, just finding some really cool stuff. Like I'm, I'm super digging this Bob James stuff right now. Um, sweet. It's yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, also found, and they're like the covers and the vinyl are like pristine. The, uh, Ray Charles sings country and Western songs there's like a volume one, a volume two, and then there's a, a third one that's something else. And he's singing like, like old country music, like, you know, like Hank Williams, the first, like stuff like that. Um, super interesting. Like uh, not something I normally listen to, Yeah. but I'm like, Oh, I don't you know. These, these albums are in such great shape. I need to play it. Um, so that's been kicking around on my table. Um, trying to think of what else is has I've been going through that stack and seeing um oh there's a lot of I'm not listening to it but I, this this portion of the stack must have come from my mom there's like five or six Dan Fogelberg albums 
Ooh, yeah. Sweet <laughs> sounds of Dan Fogelberg. Yeah, probably not going to be uh, listening. Did, did you ever listen much of that? Did your parents? Uh, I remember my dad had an Air Supply album. That's about oh, okay. It's the old Fogelberg. Oh, I found uh, there's some um, Gordon Lightfoot albums in there, and I actually like some Gordon Lightfoot. I, I'm not going to knock you on that one as much. Yeah, I you know like the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald's a good song, and you know he had what there's 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 some on the radio that everybody knows when they hear them. So yeah, I've just been going through this weird oh, stack of albums. If you hadn't said it, um, down no downtown's not the name of the song. Oh, oh what is downtown George Costanza? No, it's well no, <laughs> I, I, yeah that's why that's why I thought no, but it's uh. No, the, the, when you just mentioned Gordon Lightfoot, I remember Elaine going, I love Edmund Fitzgerald's voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I totally forgot about that, but yeah. Yeah, now there, you yeah, know, it's well, like. Hold um, on. I have to look this up. Hold on. <laughs> I have to look up this Gordon Lightfoot song. Sunday. It just hit me. Like, it just like popped in my head. I like that song. I do too. It's so good. It's it's one of the albums that's on there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not something I normally listen to. So I've been trying to like, I don't know, just stretch out a little bit. And I've got like three of my cubes of albums is where I keep like, my go-to stuff, you know, like my Beatles, my Duran Duran, my Prince and like all of my favorite stuff. And, uh, then I've got like over a thousand more records that I just don't touch. And so I'm just trying to go through and listen to stuff that I would never, ever listen to. Um, because you know, it's, there's, there's something, there's something in everything music, I think. I, I can find something I like, uh, unless it's bro country. That's it. That's, yeah. that's the line. That's where I've got. Oh, to you draw. know what? I, okay. Another, another, when we were on vacation a couple weeks ago, um, we went to, up to Michigan. Uh, I, I read an article about, well, they just called themselves the chicks formerly the artists formerly known as the Dixie chicks. Right. Yep. And my wife was a huge fan of them. And I, I never, and I'm, I'm our friend Ima loved them. I always liked that song, them. Wide Open Spaces. I still love that song. It's just got a good groove and feel. But yeah. Well, so I'm just messing around. So, oh, look, they got some new songs out. Because I had read the article and they're, you know, putting something new out. So we listened to them. I'm like, I like that. Uh, wow. They're very uh, talented. No, they're very talented. They're great writers and musicians. They well, really did you are. You know, they uh, when they did a live album a couple of years ago. I, I only know this because of, of Spotify, but um, <laughs> they covered. Uh, they, they also covered. I mean, a, a number of artists have covered this song, but nothing compares to you. Um, yeah, and even though it's a little bit of a country twang, we got a special guest here, Riley's knocking on the door oh, anyway yeah. finish your thought larry right in the fridge hey <laughs> <Yeah>. Riley. <laughs> um you know even though it's it's a prince song with little country twang it fit it, it yeah it sounded good 
I really liked it. So, well, I, I, I would say that that's because Prince is such an unbelievable talent and writer that he can write songs that anybody can sing and they're great but i'm a little biased <laughs> yeah you are but that i'm gonna let you be that way because uh, i'm not gonna uh, i can't argue at prince prince i'll have to check that out um yeah i'll have to definitely check that out and listen to it well i i mean what again this kind of it's kind of also you know we talked about with andrew earlier about andrew scotchy about you know it, it makes you feel good when the when the music you like oh it's actually by somebody that's you know good and yeah real and and if if anybody is more real in the industry it's it's those three women they've been through the chicks the chicks they've been through oh yeah a lot of difficult times in their life and they got basically shunned by the music their own music industry oh yeah for just speaking their mind yeah because that industry wanted to hear toby keith talking about shoving a boot up your ass at you know that's the same era like right same same that's that's where they were that's where they still are that's why i can't i can't support that that entire genre if for no other reason what they did to her and what they promote and then also it's shitty music yes it's and and i and i don't normally take an entire genre of music and say that but it truly truly is they have boiled it i'm going to get on a soapbox but they have boiled music down to a formula and every nashville songwriter these days you know nashville's always been known for you know having songwriters flock there now the only songwriters the only way they can get on a record and make any money is to follow this formula i don't know if you ever saw that youtube video where they took like eight bro country songs and they synced up synced them up um as far as the tempos which they were only off each other by a few beats but they synced them all up and played them all at the same time and guess what it it was the same it was the same song was same friggin' song and um you can look up there's articles out there about the nashville you know the the modern nashville formula but yeah it's it's just it's crap music it's mostly crap people um and it's it's uh, yeah i hate i hate to say that i i am going <laughs> to stereotype or shun an entire genre but that one gets it this uh this song came out in 97 um I went, I went and saw uh, Jason Isbell a few years ago with, with some friends. One of my friends, Steve Fisher, and, and, and he, he introduced me to a friend of his and his daughter. And we all went to the concert together. Anytime you get to see Isbell, that was my first Isbell concert. So I've was, been to quite a few. It's um, God he's bless. amazing. Yeah. We'll but, talk uh, about him one day on a, on an yeah, episode. We, we, he deserves some, some airspace. Um, also a good dude yep um but there we we were just talking about different artists that we like and somebody we were talking about any kind of singer songwriter that may have a country influence because we were talking about isbel and 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 the reason i'm bringing this up is that 
and Ernie is pelting us with text. Um, the reason I bring this up is um, you're talking about country music started following this formula. Well, there's a song called title of the song by the songwriter, Daryl Scott, who come to find out he wrote a bunch of songs for a bunch of country artists, but go back, go listen to that song sometime. I mean, it's, it sounds really corny, title but it's like he is singing about, a formula for a country song. Oh, uh, okay. I'm taking it is, that. That came out in 97, but it, it's really interesting that he wrote it then and performed it then. And what you just described is what happened in the, in the two early 2000s. Oh yeah. That's the, that's the way the entire, that entire industry went. Um, anyway, well, all right, man, we're about to hit two hours. So I guess, I mean, we've covered, I took notes while we were going because I always want to put blurb, you know, blurb in about what the episode was about. Yeah. And so I've got like Beatles again. Um, I've got Bible belt. I've got let go and let God. Oh, I've got, uh, Steve Lukather and Toto. I've got, um, uh, uh, Craig Smith name drop. Uh, Pearl Jam, Andrew Scotchy, Bro Country. <laughs> so we've we've covered some stuff, man. Um, yeah. We oh god, we got to throw in some um, pumpkins. We talked oh, about yeah. that. We spent a good time on that. Yeah, man. So no oh, fun episode. Um, I you know I think if I'll ever get off my butt and start getting these things out there, uh, we're we're in good shape right now. I think, um, we got plenty, plenty of stuff planned. Like, like we can, we've got enough stuff planned to get busy. So we're going to start getting busy, right? I'm in man. There's not much else to do right now. So (laughs) it's time to stop feeling sorry for myself and, uh, get out and put that tent down inside my head. (laughs) and uh yeah we'll just uh we'll just there's so many things so many episodes we can bang out we'll start we'll start doing it so i don't know the state of the union of the podcast is good um but it's gonna be better yeah all right well if you have hung on this long two hours in folks thank you very much and if you're listening to this on the pod bean link that i put out on facebook thank you if you would rather um, curate it in uh, apple music or actually it's called apple Podcasts now or overcast or whatever it is that you use for podcasts we do have a feed out there you can subscribe and then you won't have to wait for a facebook post as soon as the episode's ready you can listen to it so go out there you can find us anywhere that you're getting your podcasts um find us on facebook uh we kind of have a twitter i I don't really care about twitter that much but uh uh, there's a twitter out there uh, it's called audio biography you can do the same search on facebook and uh, again when you're looking for the podcast that's what you search for audio biography so that's it for today clint man it was fun hope you enjoyed it as always yes All right, folks, see you next time Uh, in the immortal words of Ringo Starr.
Peace and love.